Welcome to Big SEC Guys. I'm your host, Daniel Poppy Southers, and this is my co-host, Tucker, the damn good dog, Compton. We are the Big SEC Guys. They're the Big SEC Guys. Tuck, how about my Vanderbilt Commodores, baby? Are we excited about them, or you know, did they squeak one out against Hawaii? You know, a win's a win. It's, <laughs> it's, it's week zero college football. You, even though I did think Vanderbilt would cover the seventeen comfortably, uh, a win's a win. And my guy, you heard it here first, Jaden McGowan, looking like an absolute stud. Were you watching that game? Electric would, kickoff return, making plays left and right. That kid is legit. I was tuned in late. I thought I was just going to be sitting there with the USC game on by that point. USC, Southern Cal, I need to preface Thank with you. you. Thank you. Um, but, yes, I am very glad we did not release a podcast uh, doing our week zero lines because I think both of us would have had uh, Vandy covering but we don't have to admit that, <laughs> but they did get the win. So our over three and a half is still looking very solid. We're nailing it. Yeah. Uh, for the, for the betters listening past performance is not indicative of future performance. That's what they usually say in the finance industry. And uh, yeah, I, I would have had, <laughs> I would have taken Navy in the points. That would have been, a, that would have been a loss. I would have taken Vanderbilt covering. That would have been a loss. Um. And I think Southern Cal was close too. So that would have been that would have been an interesting week zero to say the least. I actually hit on the one bet that I made this past week, oh, which was tell us more. the the under Notre Dame. It was uh what was it, fifty two or something like that? And yeah, it I I got a little scared there for a little bit, but um as I kind of predicted, Navy just did not score in that game. Um, Notre Dame scored more than I thought they would, but yeah, thankfully it was just a, a barn burn and Navy got behind and Navy does not play well from behind and uh game just kind of got out of hand on them. Um, up in Ireland. And I guess it just goes to show you, you don't bet against the Irish in Ireland. You don't bet against the Irish in Ireland. Tuck. You've absolutely are correct. Uh, and folks, folks listening when, when Tucker Compton starts breaking out the data, that's when you're going to want to take some notes. You're going to want to tune in. This guy knew. He knew the time. He knew the time changes with the rules. Knew the unders were going to be hot. Placed one bet, one for one. That's a shark move. You know, shark zero. Two. You kind of got to feel out the waters. But I, I knew I had to place an under bet just to prove my theory, and that that was the prime one to to get in on. You know, there, there's a number of things working in the favor of that with, with, like I said, Navy playing from behind, the jet lag. I mean, everything else that you can think of from an excuse standpoint. But, you know, glad, glad I got my one bet in. I, I will say if I, I I would have bet on Vandy typically, or I at least would have bet it in the podcast, not necessarily with my bookie. So um, glad I didn't. I like it. And I mean, but Andy, I do want to mention, I know we're an SEC podcast, but one other kind of takeaway I got from that. Oh, let me zero, hear it. 
USC Southern Cal did not look great. Their defense was poor. They did and not look like a playoff team to me, Tuck. They, I, that's what we when we did the East Over Under podcast. I, I told you that I was going to be tuning into that game just to watch it or just to uh, look yeah. for that, see if they looked, you know, like a top four team. And I, I, I did not think so. I mean, I, I thought their offensive line was not good. They, Caleb Williams was scrambling. I mean, they, they had that crazy play where the, where he fumbled it and then just heaved it 80 yards to a wide receiver for a touchdown. Oh, yeah. That's but like, epic. Yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely like a Heisman moment. But also, <laughs> if you're really looking at it, kind of gimmicky. I mean, if it, I feel like if it was a Georgia team, he would have been down, sacked, maybe fumble for a touchdown the other way. And Oh, yeah. Like, they, they were just – if I was a Southern Caliphate, I would not be feeling – like we took a huge step forward after that game, which is kind of what they need. I mean, they, they need that, that defensive step forward in order to get into that playoff conversation. Um, and, I, you know, they, they still got a whole season to figure it out, and hopefully they get better. Um, but off of week one, it, it looks like the same old Southern Cal as last year. That felt like a step back to me as well. I, uh, You know what I was watching for in that game? The SEC transfers. So I thought on offense, I want to see how Marshawn Lloyd does, right? He was the starter at South yep. Carolina, a.k.a. the real USC, and transferred to Southern Cal. He he sort of broke one run, but other than that, he was sort of the average Marshawn Lloyd. I I got to know and love it at South Carolina. He just it didn't didn't seem like he was really moving moving the dial one way or the other. And I'll tell you who else I thought looked like kind of borderline bad was bear Alexander, who I thought I, was going to be an absolute stud. I'm glad you said it before I did. Um, yeah. I was watching him on MS every play, just, you know, fuming a little bit because not only did he leave, but he just, you know, released that statement where he said he yeah. couldn't trust our coaching staff or something like that. When it, you know, if you really look into it, it sounds to me like the guy, wanted to be guaranteed a starting role and wasn't willing to work for it. And then it's kind of satisfying when you watch that Southern Cal game and you see him not working for it, play in and play out. I I saw him lagging around multiple plays. He never got pressure. He batted down, I think one ball. Um, And so I, you know, I, I've seen multiple run plays where, like, as soon as the running back got by him, he just stopped. And, and it was a situation that he could have kind of gotten back into the play. So I was happy to see that. I, I wish him nothing but the best, I guess. But, you know, he just, he just looked like a lazy, uh, player who, who feels like he deserves something that he hasn't earned. Yeah, I uh, I'm watching Bear Alexander. Similar thoughts. It seems like he is not a high effort, high motor guy. I'll say that from the get go. He had he did he batted down that one ball at the line, and he had a I think he had a sack too, or maybe like a combo sack. But 
Yeah, he made one play. Um, I wasn't super impressed. I I remember watching him in the natty against TCU, thinking like this guy is unbelievable, and it it didn't seem like the same guy to me. So that was interesting to see. I know Marshawn Lloyd's had some injury history that's kept him in and out at South Carolina. I I guess he's the if not the starter, I think he led the team in carries. So he's getting the most run of any Southern Cal running back, but I didn't I didn't see a lot a lot out of him either. So I think this this goes to show you the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Sometimes you gotta uh, yeah. you gotta stay in the SEC and just put the work in, right? I will say that f- true freshman wide receiver they got, that was the number one wide receiver. Um who took the was it a punt or a kick return back? Um God, I want to say his name was Zacharias. Yeah, you're talking about Branch. That kid's a stud. Yes. That guy. What's it's like he, Zachariah Branch, I think. Yes. Yeah, 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 yes. He was unbelievable. I mean, that guy looks like he was on a different level than everyone else out there. And he's a true freshman. And that scares the living shit out of me, to be perfectly honest. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how big you are in the recruiting. We've established I'm I'm big into the recruiting game. He was the number one wide receiver in the class yes, on a I lot of the that. sites. Uh, but still, I mean, you, even you know, some of these top wide receivers didn't come out true freshman year and look like that. I mean, game week zero, uh, he's not even week yeah. one. Like, I mean, he's borderline at the end of fall camp, and he. He just look. He's a freak athlete. That guy is fast. He is agile. He is fast, and he, he was on the freak list as a freshman. Duck, you're right. That guy does I, the hundred college football freaks. He was on there as a true freshman. Well, they're smart. Um, they've seen him run because that guy is scary, and the fact that he's going to be in college for three years really scares me. Yeah. Once again, for the folks listening that are in my dynasty fantasy football league, as a man with a lot of first round picks, I've got my eye on Zachariah Branch when he comes to the NFL in a couple of years here. I was thinking about that. I was like, man, I wish I could draft people four years in advance for my NFL fantasy league because I I would have him on my team. That would be amazing. Yeah, he would be sort of a no brainer right now. He'd be great. Well, I love it, Tuck. Let's uh, let's talk SEC over-unders for the West this time. Last week, we did the East. We watched some Week Zero games. We agreed on a lot last week. I think uh, I, I think we're, we disagree on some more of the West teams, so that's going to be fun for the listener. Um, we did. We, we, we reviewed it before you all had to listen to it so that you didn't yeah. have to hear us <laughs> say the same thing back and forth again. But... Um, Thankfully, we've got some arguments here. We can hopefully, you know, we can we can shell out against each other. Love it. Tuck, let's do the same thing top down. Let's start with Alabama at 10 and a half. How are you feeling about Alabama? I um, I think I've said it before in this podcast. I'm going to say it again. I am low on Alabama this year. Uh, they have given me no reason to think that they are an Alabama team. Um, you know, that last year they had four games that, that were right there, 
you know, games that Alabama just doesn't have, you know, game, game those tight ones. They might have one a season that they typically, you know, eke out, or even if they lose, they go to the SC championship and they win that. You know, that's the typical Alabama. But last year we had four of them and, and they lost two of them. And I see it being the same this year. In all honesty, I, with their quarterback situation still not settled, everything that we have seen out of these quarterbacks say that they are not that good. And I don't think the rest of the team can overcompensate for that. And I've, I've got, you know, so if we're, we're saying 10 and a half is the line, so they have to lose two games. I've got Texas, Texas A&M, Tennessee, and LSU all as toss-ups. So if you give a half point to each of those, then I've got them at 10 wins. Um, and I think that's where Alabama ends this season. I think they lose to two of those four teams. That That's a hot take. Uh, I like a good hot take. I'm – this is going to be the first of our disagreements. Uh, this is another one. I, I think I'm going to make this pretty quick. I've got Alabama um, 12 and 0 playing UGA in the SEC championship. So battle of the undefeateds 12 and 0 versus 12 and 0 Kirby versus Saban. The prophecy. I watched a couple of Nick Saban's Alabama press conferences and he was he had this smile that seemed so unnatural and so unnerving that i just thought he's got to have something he wouldn't be smiling like this if he if he didn't feel good <laughs> so you I, so it's crazy i know i just i'm watching now, this I've guy heard other people say that too but there's a swagger about mind, him i think i mean i don't know if i just think it's a i don't know if he cares as much anymore as he used to oh i think he cares i think i mean he cares i'm not gonna say nick saban doesn't care i'm just he's kind of getting old and and when people get old their their motivations just kind of dissipate just a little bit and i think maybe he's just gotten to the point where he's more willing to enjoy the press conference and enjoy doing what he's doing rather than just being pissed off and angry all the time yeah, back-to-back disagreements. I couldn't disagree with you more. Um, pretty much anything you've said in the past 30 seconds. He's watching. <laughs> Tuck, this guy's watching his mentee, Kirby Smart, take the college football world by storm. He had to cover the national championship game last year while all the pundits said to his face, Kirby is the king of college football. Kirby is the best coach of college football. To be fair, he got David Pollock fired, so... <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably true. Uh, but he that's so funny. He he is sitting there fuming, just thinking of ways to get back to the top of the mountain. And Nick Saban's an evil evil genius. We all know this. He is one of the all-time great college football coaches, maybe the greatest college football coach of all time. You can make a good argument for that. I've got Alabama beating Middle Tennessee. I've got them beating Texas. I've got them beating South Florida, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, A&M, Arkansas, Tennessee, LSU, Kentucky, UT Chattanooga, your Chattanooga team, Tuck, and then Auburn to finish the game. I'm not ready to say they're going to win the SEC, but it would not surprise me to see a Georgia-Alabama. Well, at the end of this podcast, I mean, we should probably just – 
throw that out there too. Um, who we think, you know, who's go ahead and figure out who we think is going to do the SEC championship too. Tough one for me, but I've got Bama over. You've got them under. I've got them over. I think they're going to be good. Um, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna go back to Smash Mouth football. They they've Here's been the airing it out because they've had Bryce Young. They're gonna run it. Who who are they missing in that equation though? They're missing Kirby Smart, who was the reason they could play Smash Mouth uh, football because point. he was giving them top three defenses the, the defensive every single yeah. year, and they just don't have that. They got two new coordinators. They saving. I mean. I, I hate to say it because I, I love – I mean, I love to hate Nick Saban. I mean, I, I do. As a Georgia fan, he crushed my soul so many times for years. He, he, he was the reason Georgia never got over the hump. He was the Tiger Woods to Phil Mickelson. He – we would have been great for a – over – you know, for a decade now if it wasn't for him. But – I also respect him. I mean, I, I think he's great. But I just think having a father that's kind of getting up there in age and getting towards retirement and stuff, I just they just start to lose it just a little bit. It's just a little edge that, that they've lost. And I, I think that I, I think he's kind of there. And I, I just I, I think that they'll win 10 games. They'll be 10 and 2, and they still might win the – uh, they might still go to the SEC championship and play Georgia. Yeah. I. One of the things we're going to try to do this season on the pod is, you know, have some special guests each week for the big games and can't wait to have some Alabama fans on to talk about their thoughts. It'll be interesting to hear their thoughts on saving their thoughts on the team. I, I think Alabama's going to play bully ball this year. I think they're going to figure it out. And I think they're going to grind out some of these like low scoring type wins where they just eat the clock and have all the time of possession. So I'm looking forward yeah, the, to see the, that. The fun thing is we find out week two when they play Texas. Oh yeah. I mean, that we don't have to wait last. You're absolutely right. Texas in week two is going to be the, going to be the marker. If they go in there and just grind it out against Texas and sort of just, wear them down. I, I think we're looking at a 12 and 0 Alabama. All right. We'll find out. I like it. Let's look at LSU next. Um, I think LSU is going to be good. I think we, we did our quarterback ranking episode first, Jaden Daniels. I think he is the, I think he's the best quarterback in the sec. I think they've got, a good enough offensive line. I think they've got good skill position players. I think defensively they're going to be pretty good. I think Brian Kelly's a good coach. I think Harold Perkins might be the best defensive player in the SEC. So they've got one of the best offensive and one of the best defensive players. So they've got two true stars there on each side of the ball. Um, I've got them beating Florida state. I guess before I go further, the over under we, found is nine and a half I, i'm going to take lsu over too so i've got them beating florida state beating grambling beating mississippi state beating arkansas beating Ole miss beating missouri beating auburn beating army so that's what that's seven and oh before the bye week and then things get sort of juicy after the bye but 
Uh, I've got them losing to Alabama. So there's what's that? That's seven eight no before the oh, bye week. eight no before the bye week. Sorry, eight no before the bye week, and then uh, yeah, they'll they'll be playing an undefeated, undefeated LSU versus undefeated Alabama. That'll be amazing. Under I've four. got them. I've got them losing at Alabama. I've got them beating Florida, Georgia State, and Texas A&M. So I've got LSU with one loss. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. Yeah, I, I agree with you here. Um, not to push forward to our next podcast, but I do. I actually have LSU losing to, or I, yes, I have Florida State favored. Um, I'm, I'm picking them week one over LSU. Wow. Um, but I don't think they lose that. I mean, with this schedule, they're still allowed to win or lose one more game and they still get to 10 wins and you know could they lose to Ole Miss could they lose to Alabama could they lose to A&M yeah but um i i i think they win two of those three easy um and so i've got them going over as well with 10 wins um and you know that Alabama LSU game being the both of them at 10 wins at the end of the season with one SEC loss each, um, and one of them's going to be to the other one when they go head to head, and so whoever wins that game is going to going to represent in the SEC championship. I like it. That's going to be some drama. Saban versus Kelly, two of the elite coaches in college football going head to head for the right to play Kirby Smart. That'll be, be great. And now, time for a quick commercial break. This podcast is not sponsored by Dr. Pepper. Secure the win every game day with Dr. Pepper. Want to win big all season long? Get your game face on, sign up, or log in to Pepper Perks and reward yourself with college football perks to fuel your fandom. Listeners, I don't know if you know this about me, but I received my doctorate in SEC football, so you can call me Dr. Poppy. And if you see me on game day, you know I'll be drinking a Dr. Pepper. I love those 23 authentic blend of flavors. Uh, Let's go to Texas A&M next. Jimbo Fisher, this was a real, real failure in all things coaching last year in 2022. What do you think in 2023, Tuck? I think the over-under is right at eight. Right at eight. Um, I've got them going under. Um, I've got them with wins at New Mexico, Louisiana, Monroe, and ACU. But every other game on their schedule, to me, is a toss-up. And I said this in the East podcast where South Carolina had so many toss-ups. A&M's the only team with more. I mean, they, they could win or lose against Miami, Auburn, Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee, South Carolina, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, or LSU. I could see any of those games going either way at this standpoint. Um, and if I give them a half game for all those, that puts them at seven and a half. So I'm predicting that they go under. Um, and, and that's the long and short of it. I, they could be really good, but we've been saying that for so long, and they just haven't proven that they're there yet. So until they can get consistent, I, I'm not betting over. We're back to our agreement ways. People are going to be talking this. People who are going to be calling this podcast a big agreement, guys. 
after, <laughs> after these over under episodes. I think the eight's too high. I, I I'm I'm anti. I'm 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 down on Texas A&M this year again. Um, I'm with you. It's it, to me, it's a lot of toss ups. Sure, I think they start out two and one, maybe even three and zero. Oh. They play New Mexico, Miami, Louisiana, Monroe. So, worst case scenario, they're two and one there. But after that, I think it's disastrous. I mean, I could see this team going again, going five and seven, six and six, and then we start talking: Are they going to pay this seventy million dollar buyout for Jimbo Fisher? Right. That's going to be interesting because we know yeah. A&M's got the money. They've got that oil money. So, See, I could big. see them, though, just like beating Alabama this year and still getting seven wins. You know, like that. that's Texas A&M. They, they can that beat would the be best classic. And, and lose and then go in and, and lose to Mississippi State, you know. But the fact that Mississippi State's maybe the worst SEC team Mississippi State or Auburn on their schedule. I mean, that's just kind of daunting for them. I, that's just too many toss-ups and too many losable games for them. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, th- I think we're in consensus there. We're looking at Ole Miss next. They're at seven and a half. I'm starting to – I'm honestly – I'm starting to feel like George R.R. R. Martin, the author of the Game of Thrones books. We've talked about too many SEC teams – and I've backed myself into a corner with some of my over-under picks. And now I'm thinking, all this, that seven and a half is really juicy. And, oh boy, I could see this going either way because <laughs> they, they've at Alabama loss, LSU loss. I think Arkansas is going to be good. So I got to say loss there. Um Georgia lost. That's four right there. And then one more loss there at seven and f- five. Uh, yeah, give me the under. I've talked myself into it. Give me the under, Tuck. Lane Kiffin, all miss. I've got them at seven and five, maybe six and six. You're up. All right. Well, I disagree with you here. I, I got them going over. Um, I got. You know, honestly, when I do my math, it comes out right at seven and a half. It, it was kind of a so, and I, these last four teams Ole Miss, Arkansas, Auburn, Mississippi State, all of their over and unders are between six and a half and seven and a half. And it's all going to depend on who beats each other here. Um, and so I just give Ole Miss a better chance in my mind of beating some of those top tier teams with Lane Kiffin. Um, and sure, they'll they'll lose a, a bad one here or there, but I just think that they're going to go over. Um, at the end of the day, we're looking at toss ups with LSU, Arkansas, Auburn, A and M, and Mississippi State uh, in my math, and so they've got to win three of those five, and I can see them beating Mississippi State, A and M, Auburn, Arkansas. Or maybe LSU, um, if LSU's having a bad day or something. So, I, you know, I, I, I had to kind of do a, a gut check. Who, who do I think is going to have a good year this year? In my heart, and I, I went with Kiffin, and I went with Ole Miss. I do like Kiffin. I think he's the most fun coach 
in college football to report on. Uh, and my vision, this podcast sort of takes off and we do eventually go to SEC media days. And by eventually, I mean in 2024. And when we go, Lane, <laughs> I want Lane Kiffin, you heard it here first. I want you on the podcast, SEC media days in Nashville 2024. That would be a dream. For the old Miss fans listening, I think you've got some real juice quarterback running back Jackson Dart, Quinshawn Judkins. I think Judkins is the best running back in the SEC. And I think Jackson Dart's got some juice. I think he could be really good. So that's a good combo. And yeah. I, good, I, uh, I, I, I darted Jackson Dart up my list um, when I was doing the QB uh, rankings. And I, I, I just like him. He, he, he was pretty good. And, you know, I think with another year under Kiffin's system with him, you know, doing the same things, I just think he's going to end up being really good this year. I'm with you. Speaking of good quarterback, good running back, Arkansas next. They're at seven. Like we talked about, all these teams in the middle are just so jumbled. I I mentioned Ole Miss under, so that means I've got Arkansas going over. I think they've got the best one-two punch with K.J. Jefferson and Raheem the Rocket Sanders. Uh, K.J. Jefferson's my number two ranked quarterback in the SEC, and Rocket Sanders is my number two ranked running back. So they've got a top two quarterback and a top two running back. I'm a Sam Pittman guy, like I know you are too, Tuck. I think he's the man. Give me Arkansas over. I think the number is seven. Fact check me on that, Doug. Is that right? Seven? Yeah, we're at seven. Three and oh start. Western Carolina, Kent, Kentucky, BYU. Um wait, that's not Kentucky. Is that Kent State? Yes, Kent State. <laughs> I saw K E N T. I thought I didn't realize they're playing Kentucky. Um, yeah, three and zero start. Western Carolina, Kent State, BYU. Apologies to the listeners. Probably beating Texas A and M. That gets them to four. Probably beating Ole Miss. That gets them to five. Probably beating Mississippi State. That gets them to six. Definitely beating at least two, maybe three of Florida, Auburn, Florida International, Missouri. So they. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking eight or nine for Arkansas. Yeah, give me the uh, give me the over. You know, Dan, uh, these guys push for me too, and I, uh, I originally had them under, but the more I think about them, I kind of agree with you. They've got all the tools. I think it's time for Pittman to kind of take a leap, um, and I, I think they could take a leap up this year too. Um They've got a favorable East schedule coming in with Missouri and Florida this year. Um, Auburn should be down. I just, and then they just got to beat one of Mississippi State, Ole Miss, or A and M, and I kind of like that. I like the odds of that. So I, I, I I'm, I'm changing mid podcast. I'm, I'm changing mine to over. I like to agree it. with you. Yeah, this might not only is this an over for me, this might be my SEC West lock of the West, folks. Making lock it up in the, the West, sponsored by 
Arkansas Federal Credit Union, if that exists. Lock of the <laughs> West. Uh, I yeah, I just I see them winning more than seven games. I think this Arkansas team's going to be good. Sam Pittman, another guy I'd love to have on the pod. Talk about a guy who's not afraid to drink a cold beer with you. Just that's a guy you want to play for. That's a guy you love to play for. I, I'm not going to lie. I think I had them going under, and I, I I filled out my list a week ago, so I don't know where my head at was at the time when I filled it out, but maybe. I was just sitting there kind of secretly hoping they would have a terrible year. He would get fired and Kirby and would just Georgia's welcome him again. back <laughs> into the warm embrace uh, of Athens, Georgia. Yeah, um, this is, this is for another day, but can we talk about his offensive line classes when he was the LL coach at Georgia? It was they were nasty. Real. He would have the number one and number two and like number four, Line recruits every it, year. It, it, it was, was unbelievable. The most insane thing ever. Um, and, and look, we've got Matt Luke now um, as our offensive line coach, and he he is great. But I, I'm kind of scared he's going to leave and go somewhere else. Um, take take a better position somewhere soon, and I'm just kind of hoping Pittman just kind of falls right back into our lap when that day comes. Wishful thinking. I like it. That's the that's the blessing and the curse of a good position coach or coordinator in college football, right? If they're really that good, you're not going to have them for that long. Yeah, it comes with the success, but Kirby's done. Yeah. I mean, we won't go on that tangent, but he has done a great job at keeping his um, core coaching in-house and not having them leave. So I, I think that's honestly been a, a huge key to his success. Well, you got Will Muschamp for life because no one will hire him to be a head coach ever again. So you can that's right. Rest easy. And, and I think Bobo might be in the same way. So and Mike Bobo <laughs> might be in the same boat. So rest easy. You've got your coordinators of the future. Yeah, nobody but, wants I mean, them, but they're very good at that specific job. But not many people are talking about it. But we, I mean, we are returning every offensive position coach this year, and so like, wow. Yes, we lost our offense coordinator. But Bobo was also there as as a special assistant or whatever they call those guys now, and um, he's literally just you know taking a step into the office next door. That that's all that's really changing on the Georgia side of things. Yeah, people forget Mike Bobo was most recently South Carolina's offensive coordinator, and we had the leading rusher in the SEC when we had Bobo. So there you go. He's. He's a good offensive coordinator. He's solid, and uh, I mean, it, it, I feel like anybody can be good with the talent level that Georgia has, and and I think Bobo is solid, so I think he'll be good. Right. Let's talk about uh, Auburn. We've done our QB rankings. You know I'm not high on their quarterback, Peyton Thorne. Um, Hugh Freeze, he's sort of the, the new Spurrier, in my opinion, which is why I like him. I like you, Freeze. That being said, give me the Auburn uh, under six and a half. So I think they, I think they beat UMass at Cal. Will be interesting. I could see them losing that. They'll beat Sanford at Texas A&M. I could see them losing that at Georgia. They'll lose at LSU. They'll lose. All Miss is probably a toss up. Mississippi State, maybe a, a toss up. 
at Vanderbilt. No one just walks in Nashville and beats my doors without them putting up a fight. <laughs> so that's a, that's a good one. At Arkansas is probably a loss. New Mexico State is a win, and Alabama and the Iron Bowl is going to be a loss. So, yeah, I've got Auburn in that five, maybe six range. So give me the under six and a half there for Auburn. Yeah, and I, I said it when I when we did the QB rankings podcast that I I like Hugh Freeze. I think he's going to be successful at Auburn. I just don't think it's going to be this year. Um, and if you just look back at successful coaches coming in, they they typically do struggle the first year. I mean, you're you're implementing a whole new scheme, new coaches, new everything. I mean, Auburn's getting just a huge facelift and having everything turn around and have everyone buying in within the first year is just you know, not very likely. Now, that being said, I do think they probably steal, you know, a win or two. Maybe if we got Arkansas going well and and then Auburn upsets them kind of towards the end of the year or or something like that, I could see them finishing strong. Um, But early on, you know, I I think they lose to Cal week two. I think they lose A&M. I think they lose to Georgia. I think they lose to LSU. And then – you know, from there on, maybe they start to turn around and win some games, but I just, I don't, I don't see them getting to six and a half this week or this year, um, more like five or maybe six. And we'll see how the, you know, once he gets his own recruits in and people buying into the system, I, I think next year is kind of the year that you go over on a coach like you. I'm right there with you. All right, last one, Mississippi State at six and a half. Right off the bat, I, I, I've got the under for Mississippi State. I, uh, R.I.P. Mike Leach, who was the man. Um, that's a tough situation that Mississippi State's in, going from Mike Leach to Zach Arnett. Uh, Zach Arnett. What was their defensive coordinator? And he, he was a pretty good defensive coordinator. But I'll tell you what, Tuck, I don't like I don't like seeing these coaches that are like basically our age because it makes me feel worse about myself. <laughs> like what am I doing? Zach Arnett, I think I saw the other day was 35. And it feels like we're really close to being 35. So I just I, yeah, I I just uh, he's it, too it's too early for him. He's too young and too successful already, and he's a defensive guy. And Mike Leach was obviously an offensive guy, and they're changing everything about their offense while keeping their defense pretty much the same. So I think there's going to be I think there's going to be some growing pains for Zach Arnett and Mississippi State. I've got them under six and a half. Yeah, southeastern Louisiana's a win Arizona, maybe a win then back then three losses in a row to LSU, South Carolina and Bama Win at Western Michigan. So they're what three and three by week lose to Arkansas three and four, maybe beat Auburn four and four lose to Kentucky, lose to Texas A&M beat Southern Miss lose to Ole Miss six and six. There it is. Mississippi state under lock it in. I couldn't disagree with you more on this one. I I think oh boy, you know, yes, we do have the coaching situation. Um, which I, I do agree with. But I mean, 
they are returning a lot of starters from last year, a lot of returning production. And the main piece of that is Will Rogers. I mean, in his last Raw season at Mississippi State and Mike Leach's honor, I think that these guys are going to battle for him. I think that they are working their asses off in the offseason. I think they are feeling underappreciated. They haven't had a line like this where they haven't hit the over in two decades. They are going to hit the over. I think they're going to be great this year. They're going to win some games that you're just not expecting. And, and they're, you know, they're right there, I think, with on the same tier as Arkansas and Texas A&M and Ole Miss. You know, I, I don't think they're some tier below where they deserve to have this six and a half um, line, considering it's not like they have, you know, a Texas or a Florida State or something uh, on their schedule. They're playing southeastern Louisiana, Arizona, western Michigan, and southern Miss. Those are all Ws. So then we're just in the SEC schedule. And – you know, South Carolina, I I know, again, you breeze over it. I think that's a potential win for Mississippi State. Um, Arkansas, Auburn, Kentucky, A&M, Ole Miss, I mean, I, they're all potential wins. Um, so I don't see I, – I think this is honestly a year where they take a step forward. Um, and then, you know, they probably do fall off after this year because I think they've got a ton of senior – class leadership coming back that, um, you know, led, led by the quarterback that will be falling off the following year. You're right about the talent. I'm, I'm looking, I pulled up the roster. It is, it seems like every, every starter, senior, redshirt, junior, senior, 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 grad transfers, redshirt, senior, grad transfer, grad transfer, senior, redshirt, senior, redshirt, senior. So they've got, you, they've got some experience. You might be onto something. I might be, I might just be sort of a, an ignorant viewer of Mississippi State. Um, they, I, I think you might be onto something because you're right. Will Rogers is a stud. Let's just call that out. Yeah, and that I think he's underappreciated as well. I, I I don't think he quite gets the respect that he deserves um, from being, you know, just because he's been playing on Mississippi State and he, he's never really, you know, he, he never took the he, – he wasn't like Dak Prescott or someone where he didn't, he didn't make the leap to where they were, you know, contending for championships and then the top number one team in the country ever. But he's just been consistently really good since he's been there. Yeah, and let's not forget, they've got the transfer tight end from TCU, one of my favorite names in college football this year, Jorquarius Spivey. He wasn't very good at TCU, but he's going to be a starter. <laughs> Excited about him. Um, I do love Will Rogers. I like sort of their their three-headed monster at wide receivers, Avion Thomas, Justin Robinson, and Griffin. Yeah. I always struggle with those. They, they did lose Ra Ra Thomas to to UGA. Um, yep, that they did. So that you know that's going to hurt them a little bit, but you know I just we'll see. Looks like Tucker might have gotten cut off there, but that's it for the 
for the SEC West folks. There you go. We've got some good over-unders, a lot to look forward to this season. Thank you for listening to Big SEC Guys. That's it. That's the episode. The end.